to our understanding, you are a homeowner. You bought your first home at 22. Mm -hmm. So, you know, from our perspective as adults, that's quite phenomenal. Um, I think most people would agree with that. Um, that's, and it's, it's phenomenal because, um, because it's almost unheard of, right? Mm -hmm. I would imagine in your mind as a younger person, it's probably like unheard of. Why should it be unheard? But it really is something um, for a lot of reasons is unheard of. A lot of it has to do with the fact that, um, well, at least in our lifetimes, it's unheard of. I think before our lifetimes, from when I study history, black people were owning real estate, you know, doing a lot of progressive things. So I don't know, like, you know, in prior to the fifties and beyond that, I'm pretty sure culturally things were moving a little different and a little more intact, even though they like to believe different, like us to believe differently. But in mm -hmm. our lifetimes, you know, um, we weren't taught anything about credit. Definitely wasn't taught about owning real estate. Um, it seemed like it was a period of time where things in the black community were um, still vibrant, but beginning to decline in a lot of ways. Drugs had a lot to do with that. Violence had a lot to do with that, um, especially crack. But as a result, many of us grew up just not knowing about certain things until we had to experience it. And by that point, mistakes had already been made. So now we spent more time trying to fix the past than actually manifesting in the present. So, you know, there are a lot of, lot of reasons as to why a lot of people would look at owning your first home at 22 as, as being phenomenal. Do you see it as such? Do you see it as something that's phenomenal? Personally, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't think it's maybe because I don't think it's so far out of reach. I think it's just it's something that people can do. It's it's not like an unrealistic goal that I had it was just it's something that I, I have wanted to do for a long time and I just so I personally don't think that it was that it's uh, that phenomenal now like you know it was no skill into it not it was no true skill to get it done you know mm -hmm. it's, so that's the message that we want to relay okay so since it feels like such a simplified experience for you for most adults including myself it definitely seemed complicated it that it it, it 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 was a lot less complicated the more familiar i became with the language with the ideology but going to it and, and going on the journey even once i began to figure certain things out it just seems like the complications were constant as far as having to try to figure figure what this means, figure what that means, how to get this in place, how to get that in place. How would you relay that from a practical perspective? What, what makes it simple? Like, let's break the process down for somebody that feels like it's almost impossible. Let's make it simple. Okay. It's kind of difficult for me. <laughs> Difficult to make it simple because okay. that's all I watched on TV. Okay. All I watched was houses. I watched, I ain't watch, what is it, Empire, like all the news that you were talking about. I don't know none of that. I didn't surround myself with 
everything that most people surround themselves with. So I'm every time I came back home for a break, the only te- only thing you would see on TV was HGTV. I'm watching it till till I go to sleep. I wake up, have it on. So I surrounded myself with it. So when the time came, it really wasn't too difficult. But I mean, honestly, it's just you have to know where you are. So I, I talked to a couple people who there was this one person who they knew they had a really bad credit. They didn't have a job. It was just a lot of different things, but they were looking for a house soon. And I was just like, you just have to understand four basic, like a couple basic things like that you need to have job stability because people don't want to loan you money if you are in and out or if you don't have a job right now, like what income do you have? Like, yeah, you might have some money, but you don't have a steady income. So why would I loan you this money? Um, So you have that. And then you also have your credit. If you know your credit is bad and you have terrible spending habits, you need to work on your credit beforehand. Because once you get the house, you'll easily foreclose. You'll foreclose soon. So you really have to know your spending habits. Um, uh, Your price point. People don't understand their price point. What can you truly afford? Like people want to get a $250,000 house and you're not bringing in that much money. And then when bills come and you have to pay for food, you really understand like, uh, now only I don't have much money for myself. Now, how am I going to pay for my gas? How am I going to pay for the everyday things that I might need in my life? And I think it's just really understanding those three things. Maybe I'm not sure what the fourth would have been. I think those three things are the main things that you really need to understand when going into wanting to get a house. You said you said three things. I'm gonna add the fourth, which came from something that you said. I don't know if you realize you said it. You said um, there was a point in the beginning where that's all you watched on television. Right. That's that's a very key point because it goes to something that I was saying where I was like, the more familiar I became, the easier it started to seem. Once I started to understand the language and the thinking then it started becoming more simple. So I'm going to chalk that up as the fourth one or the first one as to saying study. You should mm-hmm. study and familiarize yourself. It's just like when, I, when you go in the courtroom and, and, you, and the lawyers and the judge, they speak in a whole nother language and you got to have a lawyer kind of interpret things for you. Real estate is the same way. And it's something that uh, most people don't even talk about. But when you go in, when you call a real estate agent, it's, they're literally speaking a, a real estate language that's foreign to you if you have not been in that world. When right. you're with the people that deal with the mortgages, when you're dealing with the real estate broker, even when you're dealing with the person that's selling the house, you know what I mean? You, a, a lot of times it's a whole culture that goes with that that you don't even understand unless, some, unless you familiarize yourself with how people are thinking and moving. Okay. Um, the next thing you said was job stability. Something else that I, I it, it, like you said, it's, it's something that we all should be aware of, but it, it's, it's, it's weird that it's not something that we really, full, that, that's really understood. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to the bank to borrow money, especially in this time period, they're not giving up no bread unless they feel like you can pay them back. 
right? Mm-hmm. We right. went through a phase, especially in Atlanta, where banks were dealing with predatory lending, where they was just giving money out for houses. But I think even with that, they still wanted to see something that you had on paper to say you could pay this bread back, right? And even now, you can have a good job, but if it ain't a full-time job, they like, well, you need to have been there for at least two years or so. Yeah. And you, it could be a great job, but, mm-hmm. you know, so job stability, I think, is, is such a basic thing, but it's something that a lot of people don't even really realize. Even if you work at a supermarket, you can position yourself to buy a home just because you're working at that supermarket. Mm-hmm. I worked with, um, I was in a cab one time. This was when I lived in upstate New York, and the cab would have multiple people in it. And there was a Spanish dude in there. I don't know if he was Mexican or where he was from, but he was a Spanish dude, like barely spoke English, right? And this dude was talking about how he had just bought a house working at the grocery store on the military base that I was working at. And I'm like, wait, you just bought a house. You know what I'm saying? Cause I'm running a business. So I'm, yeah. I'm making, I'm making good money. You know what I mean? But I don't have a house. <laughs> and I'm like, how you buy a house? Clearly you ain't even been in the country that long. You know what I'm saying? And how you buy a house bagging groceries? And he was like, well, for one, I just saved all my tips. <laughs> Every dot, because that was the that's what that was the basis of the conversation. He bought a house at all ones. I forgot to add that part. <laughs> like what? He's like, I saved all my tips, but now I understand also by having him having that job and having that paperwork lined up. Just by having that job, you slip right into a mortgage. All you got to do is have that down payment money and a job on record. Where me owning my own business, it's a whole different gameplay. You know what I mean? It's, it's in terms of what I got to show them. You know what I'm saying? And if I don't have certain paperwork with my business in order and my tax returns looking a certain kind of way, my business could have been making crazy money, but if it don't report on my tax returns, they not giving me that bread. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I might have way more money than the Spanish dude, but yep. he was in a better position than me, making way less money than I was making, but in a better position than me to buy a home because he had a stable, uh, what was considered a stable job. Mm-hmm. Good point. Credit and spending habits. Another one that I think a lot of people neglect and a lot of people just don't know better. Once you know how the credit game is played, man, it make it so easier. <laughs> so easier. You know, I had got into a car accident one time and so I canceled all my credit cards. Like I need as less stress as possible. Not knowing no better when I came, when I recovered to try to come back and reapply for my credit cards, nobody wanted to give me a credit card. And I'm like, yo, I always had good credit. What's the problem? Oh no, we see that you canceled this card, cancel that card, cancel this card. And so now I got to wait a certain amount of years or I got to try to finagle the system to get all that off my record. But if I had known better, I had good credit and I had mad credit cards with good limits on them. I end up messing up my credit altogether just because I canceled them joints. And now I'm in a position where I got to work to build all that back up. But it's little stuff like that that people don't understand about how to play that credit game. So definitely, that's a good point, too. And price points. Can you reiterate on that about price points? You were saying know what you can afford. Right. So so what I realized going into it, um, you actually have to give them a number. They can either accept, accept that number or deny you. A denial will go against your credit. 
Um, so, so say they're going to take your debt. It's a debt to income ratio. So they're going to take your debt. Like, what do you owe? So you have student loans. Okay. That's going against you. If you have a car or, or anything is, is going against you, what do you have to pay monthly? Like your credit card bills. If you have a bunch of credit cards, all of that, the minimum payment, it's just the minimum, actually the minimum payment, but all of that goes against you. So that's your debt. So your debt to income ratio. So, okay, I make this much, but I also have this much debt. So leftover, I have this much and they do the whole thing. And basically if you're in the negative, like, okay, your, your um, mortgage is going to be with a $200,000 house, at least 1700, at least like 1750, maybe, uh, 17, no, I, I didn't mean to say, yeah, 1750 a month. You probably pay 1,750, maybe, I'm not quite sure. And that's not including the bills. So now you have your bills and everything, but they don't care about that. It's really, they don't even care about whether you can afford your life. It's just the, that basic, <laughs> no, literally, they don't care. So so when you consider all of those, those things, now you're like, okay, well, if I have a job that pays me 50,000, can I truly afford this $200,000 house and with all the bills that it comes with? or this $250,000, you probably can afford it, but I got my car that I got to pay monthly. I have my student, my student loans. I have a kid, you know, you know, all the variables that people don't really consider. Now I have to pay for my kid. I have to pay for food. I have to pay for a lot and just bills in general. So pe people don't really consider that. And um, people don't have good spending habits. So they won't be able to say, okay, well, I get paid on I might not have a a job that pays me on the first and my bill is due on the first so I don't know if I can save my money from the 20th when I got paid I, I don't know if I can save all that money to the first because I have to spend some money every day and I don't know if I have enough money for the first and people don't really recognize that you mentioned student loans and debt to income ratio. That debt to income ratio thing is important. I didn't know that either until I, I started really doing some research and studying. Um, what I didn't know is that if you have a student loan, even if it's in deferment, they still count that towards your debt, your debt, right? Like, and, and it's like a set number, like a thousand dollars a month or something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know, actually. Like even even if it's I don't know the exact number, but I do know that even if it's in deferment, they still include that in your debt to income ratio. So in yeah. other words, if if your debt exceeds once they add up your debt and they look at your income, if your debt exceeds or come comes close to exceeding your income, then that's a reason for them to deny you. Yeah, and you can't go above a certain percent. So usually it's like once you hit 40%, you're in the iffy mode. Like people don't know if they want to like, uh, I don't know if I want to give this person money. You mean uh, if you mean hmm? 40% of your of your income is attributed to debt? Right. Wow. So so once you hit 40%, they're 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 a little skeptical. 
but anything like 10 to 30 percent you're good but once it, it continues to rise they they it usually is like 30 i think it's 33 actually 33 percent 40 percent you you can probably get something but it, it really needs to be under 33 percent for them to feel comfortable Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. That's important information. Um, talk to us about down payments and closing costs. Okay. So for first-time homebuyers, it's amazing. There's benefits out there for first-time homebuyers. Um, it's more so in Atlanta, actually. Um, but usually your down payment would be 20% on, you know, on certain people. It would be 20%. And if you have really, really good credit, you can probably get it for 15%. But for a first-time homebuyer, you're looking at 3%. 3% um, down. So if it's a $100,000 house, you need $3,000. Um, but what goes along with that is you also need to at least put in a certain amount of money into the house before they will qualify you for the loan. So you at least have to put in probably like, I think it's $1,500 of your own money and they make sure that it's your money. They look at your, they're, they're looking at your bank receipts. Like you're, they're looking at your movement every single time you spend some money. Uh, anytime you get some money, they're looking at it. So if something looks skeptical and if you're getting a gift from somebody, you can't really get gifts because they want it to be your money. Um, if you're getting gifts from somebody, they can easily deny you. Unless you got a gift like, six months ago and they don't really look at that they look at the, the two months prior two months prior and the months going into it so for three thousand dollars you can get a house for a hundred hundred thousand mm -hmm. well well three thousand dollars plus yeah. all the extra stuff that you might have to and then so it really de it depends on what you can find so i was able to find a great pro not not even program i wasn't it wasn't intentional the program i found wasn't intentional but i was able to find a great program for a first-time home buyer um since i worked in a school system i also was able to I, I pay less monthly on my mortgage because right now i have a forgivable loan my forgivable loan is it knocked out well how much was it like I think it was 25,000. Yeah, 25,000. I have a forgivable loan. So after 10 years of having my house, it'll be forgiven and it will be something that I will never have to worry about. Um which was uh which was awesome. And um so I had that I was I was able to not have to put much money in well, I put money into the house but not put money down. I didn't have to put money down onto the house but i had to put money into the house which basically was my down payment um and then you had closing costs and i had to i had, had some closing costs that i had to worry about and then you have appraisal fee, fees and inspection fees so you go into it and you pay for your inspection um say your inspection goes good then you move on with your whole process but if your inspection i I've dealt with an inspection that went bad and we moved on to the next house and that inspection went good. And then you went pay your appraisal fee, which was 14. I mean, I was, was like 400 something, usually minimum 400. So when you say 3% down payment, is that FHA loans? 
I believe those are FHA loans. Um, I don't know about Fannie, Fannie Mae. Um, I think I had a conventional because of my my credit. My credit was good enough for me to be able to get conventional, and which was great because people actually prefer conventional. Like the buyer usually prefers a conventional, um, and it also has better deals. You know, I was able to get it at a percentage. The percentage in which I got it, like, what is it? Three, three, four percent, something like that. I'm not mm -hmm. quite sure. You mean your interest rate? My interest rate. Mm -hmm. So your down payment was more around 20 percent. No, no percent. Oh, no percent. No, zero. How? Wait, how'd you manage? Was that because of the program that you came in with? Yes, I, I did my research. Well, actually, this is what happened. Um, volunteered every year, just kind of helping out. And I was at this one school helping out another team that I had met. And then I was at a different school. So it was three schools there. We were all, I was just helping out one of the schools that I, I knew. And I was just kind of talking and helping where I could. And one of the women, one of the coaches was like, hey, there's this thing called Invest Atlanta. Invest Atlanta, if you have Invest Atlanta, like she was just talking about like, yeah, I um, purchased the house, I sold it, and this is my, I just, I just got my money and now I'm on to my next house. And she was able to make money. She had to keep it for a year. Oh no. She had to keep it for a year and then she was able to make money from it. Um, with the program, you usually have to keep or not be able to sell it or have a, a renter in it for a year. And then you can make money from it. So so when I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, this is it's amazing. I came, I told, I told my mother and I was like, listen, it's this thing called Invest Atlanta and we gotta do some research. We ended up going to um, one of the home buyer classes that was mandatory. Um, and I tried to continue my process with them. And then I ended up getting introduced by my realtor and her, um, the lender to this place called, what is it? The Atlanta, Atlanta um, Housing Authority, AHA. So Atlanta Housing Authority. And I was able to back up and tell them why the reason why she wasn't able to go through Invest Atlanta, which actually would have provided her with a better situation because through invest atlanta has she been able to find a house in atlanta in the price point that she wanted she would have um been able to have her loan forgiven immediately immediately so the immediate like soon as you sign on the dotted line but I listen it might have been given ten thousand yeah it would have been money but ten thousand forgiven immediately and she would have only had to um, once that was e that immediate forgiveness, which was would have been for the conventional loan, so you had to have a certain credit score, which she would have uh, uh, qualified for, she would have had that loan forgiven immediately and could have gone into like renter mode, like she mm. could have had a tenant soon as she signed on the dotted line. Right. But because she was not, we were not able to even find homes in the Atlanta area that it, she it was. That she it was no, my house is in the Atlanta area. It was, I'm going to tell you. So what happened was I had a realtor and she only worked with a specific lender. And then I tried to find different lenders and then we couldn't 
And for some reason, there was a miscommunication. I didn't, something was skeptical about him. I had a bad feeling about the guy. And because of that, I just went with my, my gut and my gut was to go with somewhere, somewhere else. And that's what happened. It wasn't the fact that my house wasn't in the city limits because my house is actually in the no, city. No, limits. I'm not saying that you couldn't find the ho a house in the price point, the price point that you were looking for in the area that you were looking for, which was on that belt line, you couldn't find homes cheap enough that didn't require tons of work. Remember, we were looking at homes and it was like they were in your price point, but they required you to almost knock the house down and build it off. <laughs> yeah, no. So that's not the case. Oh, okay. Because the house, the, the, but by that point, I had moved on. Okay. Yeah, we, we were definitely trying to find. So that's why you moved, kind of moved on to. I, I could, yeah, it was difficult finding a house that was, that was in my price point. It definitely was just in Atlanta, period. Everything was basically crumbling down and needed complete rehab. And I, that's not something I, I was able to do. And, and so the other um, lender was able to work in Cobb County and she was giving me all of these options. So I felt more comfortable and I just went with that. And, um, and then I ended up finding a house in Atlanta and I could done what I wanted to do the first time but I was able to get uh forgivable after 25,000 well I mean 25,000 dollars after 10 years so you know I'm happy about that after how after how many years after 10 years of having the house not necessarily living oh so you, so you have to own it for 10 years uh-huh but my thing is uh I feel like the projection by 10 years I like just in the couple of months in which I've had the house, three houses have been built. Well, one is in the process of being built on my street, literally. Like, so, and people call like, hey, are you trying to sell a house? No. Hey, I get mail about it. I get mail about it. So it's only makes me excited because in 10 years, and, and then the thing is after five years, the breakdown gets different. So after five years, it continues to decrease so i don't i wouldn't owe as much because you paid so much on it that so like if you if i were to sell the house and i was able to make a a, a good amount of money after five years i could split it like not split it but i could i had i'd have to give them some money but not, not the same it. but not at the same rate so you wouldn't no. owe twenty five thousand. you would owe a decreased percentage if you did it early because they they talked about that some people it's cost effective because the um homes appreciate so much based on the building that it might be cost effective for some people to get out but part of that is because she was so young 10 years is she'll be 32 and she's still young you see what i'm saying now for somebody who's a little bit older who's getting into this you know, and if you're 40 some years old and you're a first time home buyer, you may not want to be, you know, that might not be something or you may want to live there and it's not a big deal. But yeah, yeah. so these are all the things you have to think about. But there are programs out there. And, and that's one thing that was the biggest thing is that prior to the young ladies talking to her, no one, we just didn't know. I mean, and maybe that's just ignorance. We never. And it, no, it's actually difficult finding it unless you know what to look for. It's difficult looking it up 
and saying like, how do you buy a house? They'll be like, okay, you need to put 20% down or, or this and you have an FHA, but there's, you don't know the programs that are out there for but you. You can't research first time home buyer programs and Google it. You might be able to. I mean, but my thing is that your thought process is not necessarily to look up right. first so time home buyer buy buy programs. They're not going to tell you about first time home buyer programs. Right. Mm -hmm. So the first program that you mentioned was Invest Atlanta. Mm -hmm. then the next program came through Atlanta Housing Authority. Mm -hmm. So let me give you a scenario. Mm -hmm. I'm ready to relocate to Atlanta or the, yes. or the surrounding area, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm coming from an apartment. Okay. Um, I have a job, but obviously if I'm planning to relocate, then I, I have the dilemma of whether or not I got to find a job in Atlanta or, or how that's going to work. Okay. But my desire is to relocate as soon as possible. Um, let's say I have 20,000 in the bank. Okay. <gasps> no. Take me through, take me through the steps, what I need to do. It, you can't use the program. You can't have over the, a certain amount in the bank. So it's really, it's, it's really for people who need it for those individuals who need it. If you have $20,000 in the bank, you can do a down payment on something, but it's for those individuals. So at least invest Atlanta are, are for those individuals who want to purchase houses, who, who want just, just want a house. They, they don't have really many options and people, and they're trying to build Atlanta up. So it's not so many vacant houses. It's a lot of, it was a lot of vacant houses. And so it's not that many vacant houses. They had the program put in place, especially when you have the Beltline project going on. And the Beltline project is an amazing project. And it's the houses around that area and areas in that were just poverty and houses were just, just looking crazy. Those houses are worth so much. We'll, we'll walk on the belt line. I'll look over. It'll be a smaller house that doesn't look the best. I bet you that house is $200,000 plus. And those are like two hundred dollars to $250,000 houses. People are excited to get those houses because that part of the belt line is not even finished. So, so they have put this whole thing together because of what is coming to Atlanta and what they want of Atlanta. Instead of it being poverty, and being is a place gentrification and they're sprinkling in people you know how they do stay sprinkle in people and have programs for people who need and that's what but it's still not going to be the majority of people but right, right now you cannot have that much money in your bank account nope you okay. can't have 20. you got to move somebody <laughs> yeah you, you have to move somebody move somebody well. a couple of months beforehand Right. Otherwise, you have to plan because when we were sitting there, people were asking, like they were even saying, if you get a raise, because they have um, I I used to have paperwork too I, from Investor Invest Atlanta, but I ended up throwing it away because I gave it to somebody and then I had an extra one. But I'm telling you, they had um, price points. If you made yeah, this much, you could money. get, and if you made this much, you could get. But if you made more than this. You can't get nothing. So people were like asking questions. So if I get a raise and the raise takes me, they were like, nope. And it's the same with the housing authority too. 
those those no i don't think so they, I, no, it's not as much. Uh, and they didn't really go too deep into all of that. It was no, you got to do this and you got to do that. And yeah. we're going to tell you, I think it's really just a, a place where you can get assistance. I think yeah. that's really what it is. Yeah. Okay. And that goes out in different counties. So it, it's not isolated to Atlanta. All right. So let's go that route. So let's say, all right, step one. Step one is to contact the housing authority. In this case, I can skip the moving the money around part because they're not interested in that. So I can have the 20,000 in the bank and then not even come up as an issue with the housing authority. All right, so let's go that route. So I contact the housing authority and say, hey, I'm interested in relocating to Atlanta. And they'll just take it from there. And so what I'm thinking is the only thing they may be able to hold against you is that you don't live in the city of Atlanta well that you don't live in Atlanta at that point like so for them they were big on investments they didn't necessarily want somebody to get in there flip it and and then leave or to get in there and have it as an Airbnb and that was the one thing while I was signing my papers she was just like and you just have to agree to not have it as an Airbnb like we really don't want that um, we don't want our communities filled with Airbnbs. And she was very adamant. She was just like, this is our one thing. And I was like, that's fine. I wasn't trying to do that anyways. <laughs> okay, so that, that was it. So, so with that said, I contact them. Mm-hmm. Now, the dilemma that I gave you, and, and the example is, my job is here, but I'm relocating there. Going off of everything that I'm hearing you say, it probably would be ideal for me to figure that out as far as transferring my job or having something set up. Right. I can go into their situation with. That's mm-hmm. what come up as an issue, right? Right. Imagine when it comes time to checking your credit and all of that kind of stuff. Hey, yeah, and Kayla was only in her job for how long? Six months? When I started, I started in September technically, even though I was working in August. Um, I started in September, technically. No, when I, I mean, I, I might have hit that mark right before closing. But so, while that know, process, it was like three, four months. So you had only been working full time for about three or four months. It was it was four months. But what happened was due to the fact that I was in school prior to that gave me years, quote unquote. Now, if there was a bigger gap in the time frame in which I got a job, that wouldn't have qualified as my years. Ah, uh, that's a good. They, they allowed her to use her at her school time mm-hmm. as okay. So she's been doing something consistently. She was been in school. She got a job. So they used that. Right. That's a good point. So. Mm-hmm. So, Mill, do you have any questions on this subject matter that you want to? I have one question. Um, this for Kayla. You know, uh, I would just ask you, like, um, being as young as you are and everything, what are some of the benefits you see from being a homeowner? Honestly, it's it's being a homeowner versus being in an apartment. So, I was in an apartment my senior year. And, and it's just all the rules that you don't really have to deal with, like the question of you know I don't know it's, it's just all on you per- personally you don't have to deal with parking you don't have to deal with all of that goofy stuff I, and I'm so excited I'm happy about that 
now like you know apartments you can have a pool you have the luxury of this that, and the other but i can pull into the driveway walk into the house and i'm good and and, and it just gives you a level of comfort versus you know you walk up you have to deal with all these random people when you just trying to get into the house you might you don't know if you're gonna be on the third floor if it's an outside one you gotta walk up the steps keep walking up the steps it might have been raining it's just a lot to it and it's just like I, I don't have to deal with any of that I have a yard where I have space for people to come over I don't have to deal with noise complaints or people above me doing something or people below me or a shootout that is meant for it's just all those things that those variables that you don't really have to deal with when when having something of your own unless you bring that to you but right, right. well so, yeah. I, I think what you're doing is dope you know okay. i think you are an inspiration to not only myself but you know your generation on the whole because you really got it together and you're really making some positive strives and, you know, kudos to your mom, you know, and your dad for, you know, helping you out with that, man. It's, yeah. just, it's, it's actually shifted my thinking about how I want to deal with my daughter and how I want to set her up. You know what I mean? So I think this was this was awesome. Kayla, can you talk about some of the things to think about, though? The, 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 the uh, Once you are in the home, some things that you have to be aware of? Um, okay, so yeah, depending on the type of house that you get, if it's an older house like the one I got, you're gonna have problems, okay? And those problems occur on a monthly basis, so that's a bill in itself. <laughs> so, I, you know, oh lord, pipes, older pipes, um, it, it's just it's a lot of different things, a lot of different variables, um. As long as uh, it goes back to spending habits, as long as your spending habits aren't terrible, you might have some money or some assistance uh, <laughs> with certain things. Um, you you'll really be you'll be fine. It's I, I, it's just a lot of it's just so much though. It, it's so many things, and I think that's why I was glad that this is happening now. Like, I can see, like, at first it was going to be, I wanted a renter in there immediately, but I wouldn't have understood everything that I'm understanding now. Being able to be in the house and know when we first got there, they put AC in, but someone accidentally didn't correctly put in a one little screw, one little whatever the mm -hmm. little nut is. And when we got in the house, it was cold, but we thought like, okay, that's the AC pumping. It made the noise and everything. It's pumping. And once it started getting hot here, it was a wrap. Sweating, sweating bullets. We had fans all throughout the house. Realized like, oh, now it's a big AC issue. Like, yeah, I have the AC unit. I have this, but I, I didn't know. I had no what is free on, right? Mm -hmm. So it was just so many situations that occurred. And then, then you want to fix certain things up. So I, I spent money on fixing my the bathroom up, the kitchen up just to, you know, have a different, it was kind of older in both of those areas. Like I barely had a count enough, a lot of countertop space. So then boom, um, I was just like, I rearranged the whole kitchen. Then next thing you know, you have to pay for what, what happened. It's just, uh, it's been a lot of things that have happened. Two trees. 
two trees. One tree fell in my neighbor's yard on the left-hand side the first time. But it, it wasn't a dead tree. And then the next tree happened like three months later, fell into my other neighbor's yard. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot that can happen. <laughs> I don't know how many how many things have happened in this short period of time. Um, but, you know... It's a lot. It's a lot of expenses, and you realize how many expenses come with having a house, and they're on you. It's not. It's not on the the apartment complex to fix your water. Oh, it's not on the apartment complex to. It's on you. So, so it's definitely a lot of lessons learned, and I'm learning a lot from this whole process, and I'm happy about it. Honestly, that I, I'm able to learn this before I get that renter in there in March. Yeah. See, that's the thing. And that's one thing to keep in mind is that for young people who are venturing out, it's one thing to get the house. But there's another thing keep it. to be able to keep the house up to do the things that need to be done. And those are the lessons that people have to people can't take that lightly because home ownership comes with a lot of responsibilities. And like Kayla said, if you're getting an older home, and that's not necessarily everybody didn't have to get a home as old as hers but before the location she was trying to get in she had to get an older home because that's the price point she needed to be in but older homes come with a lot of maintenance Mm -hmm. and things go up and that's part of it and if you're not in a position to either have a savings where you can do it or have someone who can help you out at times with certain things there you go it's going to be a problem. So that's, you got to keep those things in mind. So I would say for all of these young people who are just out here and it's just them and they don't have no support networks and they don't have any real savings. And that's what, and that's where knowing your price point comes in handy. If once you, if you know what you can truly afford and, and see, that's what I realized. When I saw my first water bill, I'm like, I'm not hearing my parents say like, yeah, we paid every what two months or three months and we only pay this much for the whole family and i was like i got my water bill it was two hundred dollars for my small house two hundred dollars every month every month i when i tell you it hurt my heart and then what was a power bill that was 175 i'm like i'm paying almost four hundred dollars on just those two bills and i'm like i have so many other bills to consider so so all of those things all those variables just kind of stress you out a little bit like especially if you go into it thinking like okay here's the average water bill here's the average power bill and then you you get yours for mm -mm. so so those are definitely variables that i didn't realize i'm thinking i at least have 200 extra dollars in my pocket (laughs) i thought i was gonna have 200 extra dollars in my pocket every month right so two bills hit so is it safe to say that um, if you're going to enter that venture, that you got to do some serious planning? Yes. Yes. And, and, and need a good support system. Yeah. Yes. That's, and that's, that really is it. Nita, you, you have to, because there's so many things that just can come up. And I mean, that's just the reality of it. So yes, it's one thing to get into it, but it's another thing to keep it up. So mm-hmm. And then you have to factor in then homeowners insurance and, you know, it's just, uh, it's a lot. It's not something that you should go into lightly. And the easy, I mean, even though she worked hard to get into the house, 
a lot of work has been put into the maintenance and keeping the it. Maintenance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. It's yeah. definitely a lot. Think about building that equity. So you get that ready, you get your money back. You can start well, getting listen, on some of that. I'm already, I'm already <laughs> trying to get the HELOC. I'm trying to get my HELOC. I, I already tried to start the process. I'm going to call them tomorrow to see where it is. Because I said, if I could get this before this potential crash, I'd be happy that I can listen. If I have some money guaranteed before this crash, I'd be excited. There you go. Thank well, you. Kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.